Okay, so let's uh, let's just start. So uh, first, I uh, will ask uh, each and every one of us, of course, uh, for this panel. So uh, I would like for you to each uh, introduce yourself and tell us about your projects and how you involve with blockchain. And uh, oh, hello there. <laughs> All right. So um, how you involve blockchain and tech ecosystem or describe about your business background. Let's start with you. Sure, I knew you would start with me for some reason, but uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this event. My name is Alina. I am a community manager of IOTEX. I'll show you our logo briefly, uh, but it's a little bit freezing in the room, so I'm going to keep uh, the sweater on. So IOTEX is a privacy-centric blockchain for the Internet of Things. The project is founded by four founders who are based in Silicon Valley. We also have offices in Singapore and in China. And um, I am a community manager, so I manage the global community of supporters. We have around uh, 200,000 people all over the world. We also have brand ambassadors who are the extension of our team. They help us to, to grow the project. And uh, the focus that we're taking is uh, tackling the problem with the privacy and especially data privacy in the IoT sector. So we're building the blockchain uh, with our own in-house innovations in order to um, make the change in the industry and solve the large three problems that exist in the IoT world, which is scalability, interoperability of the devices, and of course the privacy. Thank you for that. But uh, I'll just ask my own question for you. I'll just uh, personalize this and make this uh, an awesome panel. Let's instead. do it. Let's do it. So uh, in, your own, uh, in your own words, what is blockchain? Uh, so blockchain is something that's not managed or owned by anybody. It's not centralized. It's managed and owned by people, meaning the users, people who use it on a daily basis. And that's why it provides the security that's necessary because you're not, when we're talking about data, let's say Facebook, perfect example. I, I think names can be mentioned here. <laughs> yeah, even your relationship status. <laughs> oh, yeah? <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, for example, Facebook, the social media, when we use um, such platforms, all the information doesn't belong to us. The moment you create a profile on that social media page, that's it, it's gone, and it's managed and owned by Facebook. You have no access to see what information is being collected, your private messages, the history of your messages, anything, any likes and the events that you went to can be easily, um, A, they're being generated, they're being stored, so pretend there's a file on you, and it can be used in any way possible. For example, Facebook advertising. That's just another stream of revenue that the company has. I don't want to talk about like bad things about uh, any of the corporations here, but that's just a perfect example to me and why blockchain is necessary. It's necessary for the uh, personal use, and hence goes your mass adoption, uh, the need for scalability, the, the need for usability, and um, also the IoT world. So, Perfect example would be a variable device, for example, the steps tracker, right? Yeah. That thing not only collects the steps that you take, but also where you go. Yes. And that's something you don't want other people to know for many various reasons, privacy again. And um, if there is a platform that's able to have the privacy embedded into it, meaning blockchain with embedded privacy or the features for it, and also to give the user the control over the data, so my data is being collected, I know that, but um, if I'm able to protect or 
hide the data and also if I want to monetize, if I don't mind uh, for them to know how many steps I take during the day, I can easily sell that piece and be able to earn. So that's just one of the examples. Yes. Uh, just imagine that you can earn while walking. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Thank you for, for that one. Um, how about you, Ms. Catherine Shen? Um, yes, my name is Catherine. Uh, I founded the project DeFi. Um, uh, DeFi aims to uh, serve as a uh, decentralized uh, credit risk uh, alliance, starting with uh, Southeast Asia and the rest of the developing markets as well. Um, we first uh, started this project because I really believed in It's interesting you asked the question, uh, uh, what defines blockchain? Uh, I first really got interested in this concept because of the original mission of blockchain, which is to serve, to serve the world's next billion. Yes. Um, I think the nature of blockchain, the immutable nature, uh, the trustless uh, needs of decentralized authority, uh, really makes a lot of things possible. And I think because of the nature of blockchain and the technology, what it can do, uh, this very simple concept, uh, I think blockchain will do to the financial industry what internet did to media. And because of that, it has a long way to go. And it, it, will, it has the potential to create this minimal impact to everyone in this room. Everyone is something everyone can feel. I think that, uh, I, I came from a technical background. Uh, I think that's something very interesting. That's kind of a purity you only capture once in every decade. And uh, if we're born in this decade and we're capable of doing something, I think that's not something you want to miss. Yes, that's right. Me too. Uh, before, I was in the tech background. Like, not, uh, I don't know blockchain yet, and I only know how to troubleshoot uh, Linux, Mac OS. So uh, when I uh, first know blockchain, it made me realize that the world uh, can still be better. So thank you for your answer. So how about you, uh, Ms. Pinky Sharma? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Pinky Sharma uh, from Rapids. Uh, I'm a business director of Rapids Technologies uh, Thailand. Um, as my friend Cindy has already uh, shown a big picture about Rapids, about how we are, what we do, and uh, how we are going ahead in the market. So the concept of Rapids is uh, basically for uh, crypto payments as well as using the blockchain technologies. And uh, we have uh, wallets, pods, um, ATM are gonna come very soon. So uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Rapids, we aim to promote uh, cryptocurrencies, transactions easily, more user-friendly by using a one-touch with the wallets, one touch with the ATMs, one touch with the POWs. And uh, this is gonna be a uh, new generation payment, uh, digital payment solutions uh, um, across the globe. So uh, when we say about the blockchain uses in the, um, in the crypto um, wallets or in the crypto POWs, so uh, blockchain, as we all know, is a decentralized platform. It's a scalable, transparent, network inherent, people can use across. Nobody needs to depend on anybody. Everybody can take their own decisions, when to transact, why to transact, where to transact, easily across. So because of these things, because of these friendliness of blockchain, crypto payments, transaction, 
digitization in the transactions becoming more easier. So this is what Rapids aims here, to use these blockchain technologies to generate more easier payments, to transact more uh, easy, uh, easy way of payments. So this is how we do here. Thank you for that, uh, Ms. Sharma. So let's proceed with the next question that we do have. So based on your experience, uh, what's your opinion towards gender gap in the business, blockchain and tech industry? Are you one of the women who agrees or disagrees that the gender gap has been highlighted? Why or why not? Um, let's start with you. Okay, well, uh, I, I agree a bit, but not completely because see the gap in business means uh, business is no more. <laughs> so we should understand this, that the gap shouldn't be there, first of all. And I must say that the gap, we cannot talk about every country is having this gender gap. If I, I'm from India, if I talk about particularly from India, there is a majority of rural background which doesn't understand that if women can lead, women can come up, women can stand. But yeah, in another countries, moreover, if I say about the liberal countries like Korea, Singapore, even the Thailand, so it's different. So it's the perception of the thought. It's like what we think, we do. I don't think so that the gender gap uh, exactly exists, but if it at all exists, I think it's gradually overcoming, and I think it's gradually becoming uh, good in terms of women to lead, women to empower the business. I think it, it should be more ahead. Thank you for your great answer. Thank you. And how about you, Ms. Uh, Shen? Um, I agree with a lot of points you just mentioned. Um, coming from uh, school computer science, uh, in Carnegie Mellon, as well as we, we talked to some of the kids from MIT as well. And we, uh, what, it's interesting, like, uh, the, the way back then, uh, if, when I was in school, is 04 to 08. Uh, I remember, like, how we measure whether a major was hardcore enough was by measuring the guy-girl ratio. <laughs> and the, the more girls they have, uh, we, we think, oh, this major is not as hardcore as the other one. Uh, but I definitely see, I, I, think, I think the gender gap is the perception as well as the reality. Uh, geographically, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you see uh, this obvious difference, statistically obvious difference in the number of uh, girls versus guys in, in many places geographically, uh, industry-wise as well. Uh, but in the last decade, uh, I personally witnessed uh, from Carnegie Mellon, from the very technical school, uh, the number of girls are rapidly rising. And the perception, uh, on the same time, we see like Obama's approach in like women in science, and uh, we see a number of girls are growing very, very fast in many the steam industry in general. Uh, and, and if you uh, increase that scale and look back like 100 years, uh, I think the, 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 the pace uh, and, the, and the, uh, the, the change in people's perception very much happened around the same time as the number happened. So I'm very optimistic about this. I think uh, it doesn't matter if it's gender or otherwise, some other kind yeah. of uh, culture, uh, culturally divided issues. It's definitely going to take time. Uh, but we are very, uh, from a world scale, I see this uh, happening toward a better uh, angle. 
and as people change, I, I, I see this happening uh, right now, I see this happening in the past decade, and I can only imagine this getting better in the future, both in reality and in perception. Yes, it's actually gradually happening already. Thank you for that, Ms. Shen. How about you? <laughs> so I definitely agree with uh, my speakers here as well. Uh, this is actually something we have discussed with the team on my previous uh, trip to Silicon Valley. We were joking that our tech team is all guys, right? And uh, I'm from the marketing team and community. So on the marketing community side, we do have girls working, but uh, we definitely want some more women to join our team from the tech side. So it's not so much in terms of the inequality that exists. I think um, it's about the perception for sure. Mostly think of it um, as cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is taking time to adopt and we're all, uh, all the projects are working on their use cases and proving the concept that this technology can be adopted. I think it's the perception that women in technology or women in science for whatever reason is mostly for men kind of thing. So um, women usually choose other sectors to, to work in and uh, it's just some sort of a stigma but I think as the technology evolves, the world we're living right now, it rapidly emerges and uh, I mean who would imagine that um, the blockchain projects would exist, ICOs will take place and community managers would be like the thing, right, in 2018 or 2019. So I think it's just about taking time and also um, bringing the awareness, so talking to universities, I think that's another big thing for any people or any businesses that work in blockchain and crypto, for them to host various sessions at universities or in high schools and talk about the possibilities that exist for both men and women, right? Just like the, in order to educate them mostly and I think we'll, we'll be able to see the change. Because uh, I agree with that because they are the future leaders that, that we need to uh, rely on. Especially, uh, I just wanna share in the Philippines, uh, NEM Philippines is also doing that. They actually have uh, an, uh, a seminar for all IT graduates, future graduates, and then they're going to certify them as like a blockchain certification, something like that. Right, and uh, this is something that we're working on. So because our close ties to Stanford, it's literally like 10 minutes away from the office, and our founders graduated from Stanford, we do have a delegate who is like a block producer in the network to run the node, who is from Stanford, and we have various classes that we help to co-mentor and provide materials for. We also have partnership with the University of Cincinnati, uh, right now working with University in Vietnam and Taiwan, just because of the sector that we're in, but we also would like to educate and provide the tools because we are in, uh, a blockchain company in IoT. We're working on our own hardware, so it's giving them the tools, the knowledge, and also just educating on the possibilities that are available, right, for all genders. Thank you for that. Especially, we are the ones who knows blockchain, and we are the ones who's responsible in providing that information to them. So let's proceed with the next question that we have. So uh, with this one, it says that, should we have initiatives to empower women and bring more women in the blockchain and tech space? Are you aware of any such initiatives? Uh, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh Yes, of course, I'm aware of this, if I'm remembering. Uh, <coughs> so, uh, the first woman uh, who has actually attempted Crypto Expo in um, Thailand, Korea, Singapore, 
and yeah, so these three countries in 2017 and in 2018. So she was the one who actually initiated. She was the one who actually um, been into the exhibition and supported this. So it's kind of definitely it's kind of big empowerment by a women uh, taking such tech initiatives, which is actually completely advanced, completely new in the market. So it's like making a woman proud, definitely. All right, thank you for that. So I agree as well with the one that you said. So thank you for that. Okay. Uh, let's proceed with you, Ms. Chen. Um, I think I'll, my answer will be very quick. Uh, I think for sure, I think uh, any, uh, I think well, as contrary to most people believe, uh, things uh, usually cultural movement don't just happen at one spot of the history. It's actually it's a long array of events starting exactly with the, sh the change in perception. So in order to change that perception, I think for both uh, in order to pro provide both this all-encompassing, uh, more embracing culturally embracing environment, and also to uh, change the perception to many of the girls themselves, like many of them are still their actions very much shaped by perception. Uh, there definitely should be there definitely should be initiative like that and and it's happening uh, already for sure uh, and, and some of the uh, government like initiatives as well as uh, institution like initiative at some of the university including uh, Carnegie Mellon a very science uh, and technical school like women in science uh, we heard those uh, initiatives a lot and it's definitely making a huge progress that's great to know I didn't know that actually <laughs> all right thank you for that how about you uh, so I think I kind of answered uh, yes. the question <laughs> in my previous uh, answer, but uh, just to add to that, so I think as uh, a blockchain project, what we will be intending on doing and we're currently working on is to continue the education and promotion by working with our brand ambassadors, media partners in various countries, just because we have a global approach to bring the crypto um, blockchain and IoT knowledge to the mass public, organize various meetups, attend uh, and partner up with schools, universities in those countries, especially the ones that are more tech focused and um, work with the younger generation because crypto is definitely being adopted by the younger generation first who are able to influence their peers and their parents, grandparents, right? That's kind of how it works. Um, that's the, the order. So those would be our plans. All right, thank you for that. And yes, that's a great plan as well. Uh, I also want to share that I know that there's this group of ladies in Europe. Uh, they're starting to ask for uh, women, for them, uh, for women to join their group. It's called Blockchain Ladies. I don't know if you've heard that, but yeah, they're starting like an awareness for uh, everyone to join. There's no membership or what, but it's just an awareness that uh, there's a lot of women there is actually participating in the blockchain space already. All right, so let's uh, proceed. All right, so the next question that we have is that, when in fact we are still in the early adopter stage, when many women may be unaware that the industry is still full of people who are learning the vocabulary, what can we do to improve the gap and help women in general to feel less intimidated by the business, blockchain and tech world? Um, well, so uh, I would say education. <laughs> education is the key. Knowledge is the key, which we have to promote 
And this awareness we have to spread. Once this awareness will spread, definitely more initiatives will be taken care of, more women's, more girls, more college students definitely will be joining up. So it's all about the play of more educational events on blockchain technologies, on tech initiatives, on business initiatives. And I guess this will be uh, helpful uh, in terms of promoting the women um, or, or in terms of actually bringing up the women in the tech businesses or blockchain businesses or even the crypto businesses. So the fundamental is basically education. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you. How about you, Ms. Shen? Uh, I have very little to add <laughs> to the sensor. Uh, the education is definitely the key. And, and as education on this front uh, progresses, I think there will be more pioneers, like women that can be considered pioneers. And the fact that they appear on the same stage or in the same fields, uh, just as active as men, uh, say a lot. And it's a very good education itself. All right, thank you. And you, Ms. Alina? Not much to add from my side either, being the last one. Um, but I think government level initiatives and business level initiatives would be good. And um, of course, education is at the core of this. And creating similar groups, so like you mentioned, women who code or women in blockchain, not-for-profit organizations, just to bring awareness, but make them global so that they're available to, they're localized, right? They're available in different languages and different regions so that we're able to spread the adoption and understanding faster. Are we intimidated by other, <laughs> by other people? But yeah, thank you for that uh, answer. Let's proceed with this. Uh, how do blockchain events or women involvement in Thailand or Southeast Asia compare to how things are globally? Let's start with you. <laughs> um, okay, so I think it's uh, expanding well over here and in, in Southeast Asia, in Asia. So uh, people, women, or, or everybody, everybody is like quite active in participation in such uh, events. And uh, I guess uh, in Asia, it's easy to bring up more active participants. But if I talk about particularly, uh, uh, I'm sorry, if I talk about particularly from the Western side, it's more easy to get more active participation. But in Asia, <laughs> like seeing such events, I guess uh, if we, we support have each more other. <laughs> free meals kind of things over here, then people will move come, I guess. So <laughs> this is kind of a thing. Uh, uh, which comes up towards to the marketing side, I guess. Yeah. So uh, this is the thing. So definitely in uh, uh, in Thailand or in in more uh, Asia uh, region, it's uh, becoming more active. But it's it's taking time a bit, definitely. Yeah, I I I've read in the news that there's a lot of countries uh, like the cryptocurrencies that are being regulated already, right? So especially yes. in the Philippines, yes, yes. Uh, the main bank that we do have there already approves projects and companies. So yeah, we're, we're quite happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you Absolutely. for that. How about you, Ms. Shen? Well, I think uh, Southeast Asia actually surprised me on many fronts when I first started dealing with some of the companies here. Uh, I was running Xiaomi, Singapore, Malaysia. Uh, many of the uh, teams I deal with were half like, filled by women. Uh, so I don't think it's, uh, I, I think it's definitely happening at a similar pace as the West. Uh, but if there's anything different, I think there, in some of the countries, some countries are better than others. I mean, in some of the countries, there might be 
room for slightly more government-led initiatives and then NGOs. I don't think, I think in uh, Asia in general, um, this space uh, has room for more. Thank you for, by the way, Xiaomi is the band, right? The phone, the phone manufacturer? Yes, uh, the, the phone manufacturer. Yes. Okay, thank you. I just want to clear things up. So how about you, Ms. Alina? Uh, so I think from my perspective, just because our team is based in the U.S., um, I had the pleasure of working with them and seeing the teams over there in the western part of the world and right now working from Asia. I think it's very similar in terms of um, the men and women on the team, right? Usually women uh, involved with community marketing, and the promotional side. Same actually goes for our brand ambassadors. Usually the brand ambassadors, they, these are the token holders, people from public, right, who are really passionate about the project. And um, most of them, it's half and half as well, but most of them who are tech focused, they're guys. And the girls are more responsible for the marketing, uh, various initiatives, uh, meetups, and things like that. So, um, but in Asia, I see a little bit more room for growth in terms of, um, initiatives um, and organizing different groups or NGOs for women to get into the space. But uh, I think it's not so much the issue of the gender inequality here. I think it's uh, the perceptions mostly because uh, the tech is, uh, for whatever reason, blockchain is considered a very something very complicated and very yes. complex. And you need to have some sort of a uh, developer or programming background in order to work in the field. So I think if we start breaking down those stereotypes and uh, telling people that you with your skills, your marketing skills or business development, you are able to still bring on the value, this is the gold mine. And uh, for women, uh, there has been actually a study on this and uh, statistics offered, not good with numbers, so I'm not gonna go, go into that, saying that women are necessary in the crypto and blockchain industry just because of the perceptions. A, we are the target audience, and the perceptions of how we look at things, uh, that's why sometimes we're better or it can be really good in the marketing and promotional side. So if we are part of creating this product, this blockchain, this service, we're creating it for same like our, us, right? So we're creating it for us, basically. So coming together into the workforce with men, we're able to create something that will be used and adopted by even more people. So um, education, education and awareness, that's the main ones. And marketing. Ooh. Well, of course. Yes, marketing <laughs> is the best. All right, let's proceed, uh, proceed with the next one. Actually, this is quite uh, not relevant with the blockchain uh, or tech, but it says here that it's a general question, but when it comes to asking for support, to bring more women into or avoiding harassment, how can women avoid uh, portraying themselves as victims? Uh, well, uh, I would say women today is already a quite bold, quite smart, and have to be more smart, have to be more bold, maybe learn some more karate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So it used to happen because this is a professional world, this is a corporate world, so these har harassments, these, uh, uh, you know, uh, backside gossips and all, these used to happen. But then it's, it's an understanding uh, from, from men's side as well and from women's side as well that how to 
present those conversations, how to actually communicate in those situations, how to be cautious, how to be aware if something's gonna happen or if, if they feel that something is uh, uh, gonna working out behind of, of me. So they have to learn about these skills. And I guess, uh, again, as I said earlier, it, there is a necessity of education. There is a necessity of knowledge. So once these education and the knowledge been given to such women who are in corporate world, who are in professional world, definitely these things will not be so far um, there be. Uh, so it can be, uh, it can be, um, uh, it can be secure. They, they can be secure by themselves. So I think, uh, uh, let's be more smart <laughs> being a woman. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that. How about you, Ms. Shen? I think the answer to this question is really uh, very similar to the previous ones. I think uh, the education or having more pioneers or uh, government-aligned initiatives, the point of those is so that to build this uh, very uh, more embracing mindset, culturally embracing mindset doesn't matter if it's in workplace or directly in the culture in different societies. I think uh, once women learn that this, there is this place you can be in here that's really the same as everyone else, uh, I think uh, this victim problem mentality is automatically resolved. Okay, that's a great answer. A short, very great answer. How about you, Ms. Uh, Alina? I'll try to keep it short as well. <laughs> um, so something that's, I guess, really enforced in the West, um, US, Canada, is the government level initiatives that are being passed on to the businesses. So in the workplace, you have clear rules, you have clear expectations, and you have all the tools and the information necessary. Whether you're a man or a woman, um, it doesn't matter, there are rules. So if there's any workplace harassment that's happening, you, are, you have to take action, so you need to speak up, and you have the resources available, and I think in any of the developing countries or in any other parts of the world where maybe the government and business initiatives may be a little bit behind or lacking, this is something that needs, uh, needs to work on in the first place. All right, thank you. I have a last question. I will not uh, follow this anymore. But for me, uh, my question is, how do you envision uh, women uh, within after 10 years in this space? A great leader, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Should I ask why? <laughs> uh, because uh, uh, women is bringing up, women is uh, driving the businesses, women is taking more initiatives in terms of any vertical of business, even not about the tech businesses, but any vertical of businesses. So I guess when these things will keep on growing up, and I guess, um, even the stamina which women keeps now at this present uh, era, so it's amazing. They are managing home, they are managing another responsibilities, they are managing work. So work-life balance, everything is there. So I guess when, when I see 10 years more ahead of that, 10 years down the line, definitely I can see a wonderful leader. I can see a leader who, who doesn't even leads the team, but leading the world around, but leading the everything around. So a leader, maybe. Thank you. How about you, Ms. Shen? Uh, I, I think uh, blockchain or not, I think, because uh, I don't see blockchain behind, uh, I think it's very comparable to the rest of the technical industries. 
uh, or even like a political industry. Right? I think uh, in 10 years, uh, it will be, there will be a difference for sure, geographically, but in some of the fast developing countries where there's a robust legal uh, infrastructure, uh, there's a Me Too movement, there's other cultural movement, there's shifting in thoughts and um, uh, mindsets. Uh, in some of the highly developed countries, I see definitely things happening at an even faster space, pace. And, and I see definitely a lot more women emerging in different industries as leaders, playing on, taking on more roles, walking out. Uh, at the same time, uh, I see uh, some of the other rest of the places definitely taking time. Uh, I, 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 do, I think we do need to acknowledge the fact that people's thoughts don't change that fast in the generation. So 10 years uh, can be a lot in some places, 10 years can uh, be only part of the process in some other countries. So for those countries, uh, I see the room for more uh, programs and, and progress or efforts in this space. All right, thank you for that. Because me, I do believe that opportunities let other people, uh, people to enter our world as well. How about you, uh, Ms. Alina? Let's agree with all of your points as well. Um, I think in 10 years, because the tech scene will change a lot, um, we're already emerging and growing rapidly in terms of the blockchain adoption, the things that are, the corporations are taking notice of the technology and the things that uh, they can improve, change. I mean, the technology itself is able to help the developing countries and uh, third world countries with many of the issues that weren't being, we weren't able to solve before without the tech. So in 10 years, things will look different. And I think in terms of the workforce, not just in tech, but overall, it will start to kind of equal out, or maybe it will be, um, women will be like close to 30, 40% in general. That will have the effect on the blockchain and the tech scene as well. So it is definitely about taking time. At least uh, we can see the changes and the growth, right? All right, so that's my last question for uh, all of us or uh, for this panel. So thank you so much. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you.